Welcome to episode nine of the second series of the Mindfuckery podcast. And this week I want to talk about understanding how our pain is a guide to our healing and how you really can work your way out of the mindfuckery that's happened to you. Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of Emotional Abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. Hello, gorgeous soul. I am going to talk about Mindfuckery, the title of the podcast, and how you really can work your way out of it. I do work with people one-to-one. You can book individual sessions. I have got a membership that's starting very soon. You can join me on that. It's a really low cost because everything I do, and I'll, I'll talk about, might talk about this a bit later in the podcast, but everything that I do, I know and have experienced myself and I have perhaps taken the longer route around my healing journey. I've been a therapist. I've been working with wounds for 20 years. I remember in my other company that I used to run, which was Revive Your Soul, saying in my newsletters, I would say, look, I'm a work in progress. Then I actually got flattened by coming out of a relationship that literally stripped me from the insides. This week, I want to talk about that mindfuckery that happens. Prior to setting up, actually, Revive Your Soul, I used to, as part of my healing journey from another relationship that had taken me and torn me down financially, at that point, though, I didn't realise the mindfuckery that had gone on in that relationship. I was running another business. I might as well tell you about this. So I used to run a small party business. And when I set it up, I did it with the vision of helping people that were in a similar situation to me. I was a single mum and I didn't have any money. My It was part of parcel of abusive relationships, isn't it, that you can be left financially strapped. I talk about this in my group. I t- I've talked about this on YouTube in some of the videos on YouTube, how, you know, the money and if actually divorce matters, it's in there as well, which hopefully will be published very soon. There's part of the manipulation. I, I talk about how financial coercive control can happen after the relationship is over. Financially being coerced can be, or manipulated can be withholding of money, maybe making sure that you're kept in a position of not having the money to create a new life and that coercion can carry on after the relationship is over. If you've got children, there's money involved with payments and things like that. They can be withheld, they can be reduced, they can, the timelines can change. I can't afford it this week, can I pay you next week? Those sort of things. When I came out of one relationship, I didn't realise how bad it was. Um, I went into another one and there was, it wasn't even a relationship really, but there was a lot of triangulation and a bit of gaslighting going on there. And that was, that knocked me again. I picked myself up eventually, it took me a long time, 
and I was running a party for one of my children. A friend of mine said to me, gosh, you should do this. So I started to look into it. I set up this small party business and part of it was that I wanted to set it up for people like me, single parents or people on low income that were having to, um, and it shouldn't be this way, but sort of compete with people within a class at school against people that have got money, but two parents earning, you know, decent amount of money, etc, etc. So I set up a company, I uh, started to to face paint. My biggest thing was Build-A-Bear. So I used to run a Build-A-Bear parties and I used to go to people's homes. And another, another big one was jewellery parties. The whole thing was set up to help people in a lower financial bracket of course I attracted people with money as well you know that was part and parcel but behind it that's what I wanted to do and that's exactly the same with the Rise and Thrive tribe I want to give you as much as I can but on a low budget because I know I came out of this with no money and there's still times where I'm still scratching around I haven't quite I haven't got anywhere near to the amount of money that I actually lost during that relationship but it I can't equate to that because it wasn't just the financial loss I, I gave up a business which was actually that party business I wound down another business which was Revive Your Soul I was training as a Reiki master teacher and I was running courses and I was a soul plan reader and lots of other things and I just had no energy I was just depleted of absolutely everything so it was for me it was about recreating or no not even recreating starting again finding out who I was um, working with my soul plan which is a a big teaching um, energy that comes from that and as much as I can, but obviously I need to live. I've got things that I need to pay for. So as much as I can and at as low cost as I can, I've put together a membership group, which if you've worked with me on any level, whether it has said it's in my free group, you've listened to this podcast, etc. I'm hoping you'll see the value, um, what I can help you with and what I can help you understand and understand and process these wounds you can work with me and it's really low cost you can work with me one-to-one which is where the really deep stuff happens really get to stuff when we shift things really quickly I'm not one for I'm not um a person that wants you to come back every week, every month and work with me. I really want to help people process this stuff really quickly because the mindfuckery that goes on is like an earworm. It goes into the brain. It's cognitive dissonance and gaslighting colliding together and creating a brain fog, a misinformation, disinformation. It's painful. So to be able to help people process and start to work through. And I was with someone this morning and they were saying to me this thought jumped into my head and I was able to say oh my gosh that's my ex and then I stopped myself and I was able to then listen to what was being said and this is what I've been teaching this person for a while I also work with the charity as a volunteer and so I've been working with someone for over a year now so we're getting to this point we've got right the way through 
the trauma and we're now getting to the point where they're able to step in and they're able to challenge some of the statements, some of the things that have been said. I'm not in a position that I'm able to do the deep work. I'm there as a mentor. So on Saturday morning, I woke up to an email and this podcast, Mindfuckery podcast, is being featured in the top 20 emotional abuse podcasts. And it just sort of, I, it didn't get a chance on Saturday to fully read the information and and understand what it was and I was out on Sunday morning I was getting ready to go for a long walk and I was able to sit down in the car journey and read through and I was like blown away wow because hopefully being featured it will help the information get out further it will help people understand and process the wounding and how important these wounds are. So if you have come across the Mindfuckery podcast as a result of finding out on Feedspot, I welcome you. I hope you'll find the information that you need. The pain that goes with these wounds, and that's what I want to sort of balance. There is anything that's painful. I was talking to someone else. It's actually come up a couple of times, so it's fortuitous that I remembered it again this morning. I had a I had keyhole surgery oh gosh a long time ago I was put on high medication and um, I was told not to do any heavy lifting my daughter was very young at the time and of course I couldn't not pick her up when she needed me when I came off that medication I realized the damage that I'd done by actually not listening to the, uh, the medical team that were advising me not to do any heavy lifting. And I realized that the painkillers were masking. Pain is there as an indicator that something, it's to stop us doing things. The pain indicates that something needs healing. And that's the same with emotional pain. And the mind fuckery that happens, so the gaslighting where you're told, and this can be in any relationship, this doesn't have to be, in a romantic relationship, it can be in the workplace, it can be family members. The gaslighting is a deliberate, this isn't somebody who forgets information or gets muddled about information. Gaslighting is a deliberate attempt to mess with your mind. It's deliberate. It's not two people that one has an understanding of something that happened and another person has a version of events and they don't marry up. That isn't gaslighting. Everything about these relationships is deliberate. Cognitive dissonance is the clash of information where you are holding a thought you believe to be true and then you're provided with information that actually says that thought is wrong. When you've got this information, you believe this person was who they portrayed to be and then you come out of this relationship and you're finding all of this information that indicates they actually weren't that person. It might be that you are still in contact with them or have to be in contact with them and they are playing a different role and you're, they're not the person that you were married to or in a relationship with. That is then starting to mess with your brain. But gaslighting is a deliberate attempt to distort your reality. It might be that somebody deliberately doesn't tell you something but convinces you knowing that that they are they haven't told you this information but I told you this was going on. I told you I was going to be late. I told you I was not going to be able to make this event. I told and you're thinking 
no you didn't you didn't tell me that they might bring up other times that you've forgotten things and they start you then start to question whether there's something wrong with your mind it's a deliberate attempt to mess with you to make you question everything and then you can't trust yourself because you don't know whether they have told you something or done something. The term actually comes from a film called Gaslighting. And the version I saw was a very young girl who lost both her parents. She went to live, I think it was in France, and she met someone who is a piano tuner or something like that. And he knew that she had money and he played a character and uh, she fell in love with him. They moved back to London. They moved into the house that was owned. And I can't remember now whether it was owned by her parents or an elderly aunt's or it might be that she had lived with elderly aunts after her parents had died. Anyway, she moves into this house, she has staff, and her husband starts to convince her that she's going mad. And the gaslighting is that she'll go into a room and she'll, um, as she's leaving it, she'll turn the gaslights off. And uh, when she goes back in, they're, they're back on again. Her husband is trying to convince her and the people around her that there's something wrong with her memory so that he can get everything transferred into his name uh, I believe that was what that's my memory of it anyway so gaslighting is the distortion of something it's deliberately convincing someone that their reality is wrong mindfuckery is to me the collision of these two things cognitive dissonance where you might be now presented with information where you thought this person was amazing they did everything for you they catered to your every need but you're actually finding this information might it might be a secret life that is going on in the background they are telling you that they absolutely adore you that they um, want to work at the relationship they you know they can see where they've gone wrong perhaps and and yet they're displaying or not displaying displaying the traits that you would think that they would should they want to be in a relationship with you oh my gosh I hope that's that makes sense but the pain that you come out of this relationship so your mind's messed up and then you might be faced with them at certain times and they aren't the person that you thought they were they might even have been completely broken when you were with them and now they're acting as if they've made it they you know that they're, they're sorted they've got their life together and you're a wreck confusing you even more hurting you even more not understanding hoovering if you've experienced hoovering it can work one of two ways it can be because they want to get back into the relationship with you um, because it was part of that trauma bonding and it's part of that cycle where they are taking you round and round that cycle of abuse it could be that they just want to play with your emotions because it's a bit fun and um, they can hear the pain they can trigger those emotions and they say things that they know that there's going to get a reaction and that is part of the healing is coming to that point where you get no reaction it might be you know I ask people what would you do if they turned up on your doorstep destitute would you bring them in and welcome them back or would you send them off with a 20 pound note and say good riddance get out of my life please don't come to my doorstep again it's breaking away if you're still wanting to save them there's wounding with inside you if you're still in pain 
those wounds are indicating some really important information. And wound talking is something that I do, a powerful, powerful tool to understand where the trauma happened, where you're holding it within your body. Some of this trauma will have happened uh, at a very young age, uh, an age where you can't communicate, but you can now, you can go back now and talk. It might have happened when you couldn't process what was happening. It might be that you can be your best friend, you can be your cheerleader, you can go back and tell the wounds that it's safe now. When I ventured on this journey 20 odd years ago, I was doing past life work and that's how I really got into the wounding and talking to wounds and working with wounds. And this was a really deep process. That was to do with the wounds that we were experiencing in this life that had come through our past lives. And then I've, I've spoken about this before, about 13 years ago, started working with ancestral wounds. It's such a powerful thing to break those, break those lines, to break those chains, to break that connection, that ancestral connection. This stuff gets handed down. You might be able to go back and you might be able to see the trauma that runs through your family line, you know, and see that somebody else in your family has experienced something else. And that would be an ancestral wound. You are in a unique place at the moment where you can stop all of this. The self-talk, listen to the voices. The, I've spoken about this both on YouTube and I'm uh, and on here in the podcast on here. I'll, I'll, I'll try and find them and link them. The voices you hear, listen to them. When you start to criticise yourself, when you start to berate yourself, belittle yourself, listen to those voices. They have the information in them and you can then go from that. You can take that statement. And this is actually the conversation I had when I was out earlier with the client that I work with, uh, that I volunteer through a refuge with. And they said to me, they heard this voice and were able to stop themselves. This is something we've been working on for a couple of months. Realised whose voice it was and says, I want to get over this now. I want to do this. I want to, I, I can't, you know, they still keep coming up. I wish this is over. Re recovery from emotionally abusive relationships isn't linear. You go up and down. If you think of uh, Mr. Messy from the Mr. Men, it's a big squiggle. And that is the process. You go up and down and round and round. And then one day you wake up with your eyes wide open and clarity and it doesn't hurt. And that is a gradual process. I remember hearing myself laugh and thinking that isn't me I remember then hearing myself laugh and feeling guilty at another time for actually enjoying myself I shouldn't be enjoying myself and I didn't understand or understand why I remember then starting to giggle and actually feel more like myself and I was coming back into myself but it took me a long time to break through. But these voices that you hear are key. Listen to them. Listen to how they're constructed, how that statement is, is placed. It might be that you heard it growing up. It might be a statement that your partner, ex-partner, is telling you, has told you over a period of time that you aren't good enough or that the, the comparison to someone else, that tri triangulation is such a powerful manipulation tool. And they're using that to manipulate a situation. If you're not 
going to do this for me, then my action is going to be. And then the also part of that triangulation could be comparing you to somebody else. It might be an ex. It might be, well, so-and-so never did this. Um, when I was in a relationship with them, they didn't have an issue with uh, my behaviour. And making it out to be your fault, this blame shifting and moving it over to to you to believe there's something wrong with you. And this is the mind fuckery. You're left wondering if you did something wrong. You're wondering if you did something differently, said something differently, if you behaved in a different way. Perhaps if you hadn't said something or hadn't done something, you wouldn't be in this pain. And this is why it's so important to understand. This pain is a guide. And as the pain lifts, you know that you're, that you're healing. It's about digging in deep and getting like a Veruca. I've used to describe it. I haven't described it for a while. Like a Veruca. It's deep within your psyche, this wounding. And it's like that virus. And if you don't get that virus out of your body, it lays dormant until it's triggered again. And that would be or could be finding another person who treats you in the same way. So this is about challenging the statements in your head the things that say you're not good enough the the statements that state that somebody else is better than you somebody else wouldn't do that somebody else would put up with it what is wrong with you and you're thinking should I be doing this I think I've I have talked about an old boss when I was in sales um, years ago and I had a sales director and he used to talk about the stain on the carpet. And he said, you get used to the stain. And you, in the end, you walk over that. This is what happens with red flags. You see a red flag and they convince you that, that you should be ignoring that red flag. You're the one with the issues. Um, they're breaking down your boundaries. And they love that boundary breaking because it proves to them that you'll literally, as they break down one after the other after the other, that you will put up with anything. And they, you will then become actually the stain on the carpet that they walk over. Or what happens in these relationships where they convince you it's your fault and you break down your boundaries. You might have a three strike rule and here you are on strike five and they're still violating these boundaries and breaking them down. Down. and they don't know what your issue is because nobody else has had an issue but you and you're questioning what is wrong with you you're not listening to the guidance that says this is wrong run away you're listening to them they've probably told you about their history and they've probably told you what happened in other relationships but they were always the victim even though they still repeated that behavior in every relationship it was never their fault and all those crazy exes that they've told you about. They probably aren't as crazy now, are they? And you have probably joined that line of crazy exes with them. Now's the time to say, right, stops here, stops with me. I'm repairing myself. I'm still a work in progress. But if I can help you recover from this much quicker than I did, then that makes me happy. Like my party business, Busy Lizzie's Creations, that I gave up for my relationship. It was one of the worst decisions I ever made after ignoring the fourth red flag. Actually, it was the third. And trying to end a relationship and being convinced that this person wanted to change for me. So they're comparable. It floored me financially. I never, ever recovered from that. But that doesn't mean so I won't. I will rebuild. I am rebuilding my life, but I'm creating it on my terms in a way that works for me with firm foundations. That's another thing. Firm foundations and strong boundaries. So listen to the voices in your head. 
listen to how they're constructed. That will help you, guide you to who has told you that information. At that point, you can start to challenge whether these statements are true. I hope this episode has been really helpful. Remember that pain is good because it tells you one, that you're alive, that you can feel, but it shows you, it shows you where you need healing. As soon as you start masking that pain, you start ignoring it, and that's where some damage can happen. Like with my operation, with my strong painkillers, ignoring the advice of not lifting anything heavy, and then finding out as the painkillers wore off the damage that I actually done. Start thinking of about using this pain in a positive way and using it to help you heal. I hope this has been helpful. And as always, I'm sending you loads and loads and loads of love until next time.